0: It's Palm Sunday, but this year, in a wonderful coincidental twist, Palm Sunday is March 25th, also the Feast of the Annunciation, which makes me think of Pope John Paul II, who said that Mary's yes, which began when the angel appeared to her as a young woman, continued all her life, up until the moment, at the foot of the cross, when Jesus says to her, Behold your Son. At that moment, her true vocation as mother of everyone became clear. That was a true vocation that had begun at the Annunciation, which is wonderful and awesome and at the same time scary because it emphasizes the idea that everything ends at the cross, or or rather, everything leads to the cross. We cannot get to the resurrection without going through the cross. Mary is our mother who will lead us to Jesus, always, But that journey with Mary will first lead to the cross. We need to stand at the foot of the cross with Mary, contemplating the cross. And with Mary, we need to hear Jesus say to us, Behold your mother. He doesn't say that to us at the last supper or after the resurrection. He says that to us from the cross. So this weekend, As we celebrate the Annunciation and begin our journey towards the cross next Friday, let's be willing to say yes like Mary did. Yes to our vocation. Yes to God's will in our life. Yes to walking with Jesus and Mary. Yes to following Christ. And yes, yes to the cross. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. I am Billy Chan. And where's Emily, Billy? I wanted to say I am Emily. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to do you can't, that. You, yeah. You, well, you can, <laughs> and it would just be weird. Yeah. But yeah. So Emily's not with us because, if in case people don't know, they haven't been listening the last couple of weeks. What? They Emily isn't. Is yeah, I know, and they didn't write to us like we told them to write to us. Yeah. Um, Emily's in Rome, uh, eating pasta and drinking wine but and all those things that you shouldn't be doing during Lent. Um, because of the pre-Synod. The pre-Synod. So there's this meeting with young people. Uh, from all over the world, and they're talking... There are 300 of, youths. There's 300
1: yeah, youths? all around the world,
0: yeah. From what, like 180 different countries? I, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's something I like ca- that. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, and Emily is one of the two delegates from Canada. Wow! So, yeah, I know. Very, very uh, awesome. So we are hoping, yeah. Billy, we've actually have been having problems trying to communicate with her. She must be really busy... Let's pray. ...eating, <laughs> eating pasta and drinking wine. Um, <laughs> that we're hoping party. that we're going to have Emily join us Later on in the program. Yeah. But we're just, it's just a promise. Really want to hear from her. Yeah, we do want to hear from her. So, but we don't know. So uh, maybe Emily, maybe no Emily, not sure. So that's coming up, hopefully, with an update from the pre synod uh, with youth in Rome. Um, And also today, Billy, we have Jillian Cantor is going to be back to tell us what she learned from her kids nice. this last month. Emily, Jillian, sorry. Jillian always has something good to, to share <laughs> really from her kids. thinking about Emily. I'm yeah? thinking about Emily. We miss her. We miss Emily. Yeah. And and Billy, you have some questions that you're going to ask on Church for Dummies. Yes, today. but
1: you know, when I first asked you that question, you said it's a weird question.
0: Okay, well, that's good. At least I you didn't know, say it was a dumb question. <laughs> it is Church for Dummies.
1: Yes, it's for Church for Dummies. So I'm talking about uh, things that you will see only in Palm Sunday.
0: Mass. Things that you will only only see see. at Palm Sunday Mass. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, I think everyone knows what I'm going to talk about.
0: Palms. (laughs) Okay, well, I I don't know. I don't know. I've... I've, uh well, yeah. Okay. So that's coming up uh, very, very soon. Uh, Church for Dummies, I don't know, in about 10 minutes or so. So stick around. Billy will have that question and I will do my best to try to answer <laughs> your questions <laughs> about Palm Sunday, I'm sure. Now, um, have you heard of Father Mike Schmidt? Yes. Okay, so yes, Father,
1: I always, uh, always, always
0: I know, I know. listen to Everybody's his, always like listening to his and, podcast. And, I know. Yeah. So Father Mike Schmidt has a, has a book. It's called Made for Love and it's, same sex attractions and the Catholic Church. Oh. So this is a topic today, Billy.
1: He had a really good video on on, on YouTube as well. Yeah, he's had a talking few. Talking about that, yeah,
0: he's had a few. So it's a difficult topic because very difficult. I mean, I don't know. You must know people <laughs> who are struggle with same sex yes. attractions. Yes. Are he's, they Catholic? Are they not Catholic? Um, are they Christian?
1: No. The, um, uh, some most of them are not Catholics. That's mm-hmm. I I know. I know some of them are Catholics, but the 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 but they are, they they are too many different kinds like you know if we want to determine who are they right. for example some of them even ask why people want to have same sex marriage yeah but they are, they are they are gay or lesbian you know yes. so they they still answer you know why they, they still have those kind of questions mm-hmm. why you know uh, you still believe in marriage, even though they are gay and lesbian. Yeah, people, no, it's interesting. Like yeah, very interesting. So, I think it's very tough to like generate every every single case into one one.
0: Absolutely, friend. and I think that's. Part of what Father Mike is trying to do with this book, it's of all the books that I've read on same-sex attractions in the Catholic Church. I mean, there's tons of books right now. This is by far the very best one. You want to stay and listen to this conversation with Father Mike Schmitz later on in the program in about 30 minutes or so. Um, uh, His book is called Made for Love, and it's published by Ignatius Press. And and he's got a a a, a, a wonderful approach. Uh, Is it difficult to, to this read? Topic. When I, you it's know. not difficult to read at <laughs> all. Y- even you can read it, Billy. <laughs> even B- if Billy can read it, anybody can read it. Wow. Okay. So made for love, same sex attractions in the Catholic Church. You're going to be talking to Father Mike Schmitz at the end of the program. Yeah. Um, and then after that, Billy. um yes. We're going to be talking to this wonderful group called Out of Darkness. Um, it's a husband-wife team, Adam and Lori Yubowski. Um, they were on this program about four years ago. I love their music. they, they just, sing together. Or they sing they, together. Okay. I know it's I don't know. I, I always have wow. a question about what is it like to work <laughs> with your husband and, or wife? you know like you have to live together you you have kids together and you, and work, you together. Have to work together. That's just a lot of togetherness but but I guess that's marriage. I don't know. I don't know. we'll We'll ask Lori and Adam <laughs> that question. How can you do this? How can you do this? But anyway, they have this last album is crowdfunded. I actually helped. With crowdfunding for this album. Ah. It's called Where You Are. And uh, so it's very, very fun that we're going to have Adam and Lori, both of them, uh, in the program in about 45 minutes. Uh, That's coming up. Um, So why don't we, Billy, as we always do, start with a song. Yeah, music. So here's a song from uh, Out of Darkness's uh, latest album, Where You Are. The song is called Of the Father's Love Begotten. was Out of Darkness with Of the Father's Love Begotten from their new album, Where You Are. And we're going to be speaking with Lori and Adam Yubowski of Out of Darkness in our second half hour. Standing in the wings is Jillian Cantor with What I Learned From My Kids. And in 12 or so minutes, Billy Chan will be here with Church for Dummies. Um, we've been trying to get Emily on the line. She is in Rome, as you've been hearing She is one of two Canadian delegates that were chosen to participate in the pre-Synod, this meeting with young people that is taking place in Rome this whole week. There are about 300 uh, young people from every country in the world that are participating. And uh, the reason why we're having a problem reaching Emily is because Emily is one of the young people that has been chosen to write the working document that will will present the, the final document. To the Holy Father, so um, I'm sure that that's what's keeping her busy. She thought she'd just be in a in a in a small group, a small language group, and now she's working over the clock. Um, we do know, because we had spoken to Emily earlier in the week, that she was. Uh, I mean, certainly the highlight of the week for her was that Pope Francis spent most of the day Monday, the first day of the meeting, with the young people. And uh, among all the things that he told them, she uh, will uh, always remember him telling them that young people are well known for not being afraid to take risks. And uh, the Holy Father said, we need to dare new paths, even if involves risks, we must risk, he said, because love knows how to risk without risking a young person ages. And the church also ages. That's why we need young people, he told them. That's why we need you, young people, the living stones of a church with a young face. Um, And then the Holy Father concluded by inviting young people to express themselves frankly and freely. Um, He told them that they are the protagonists. You are the protagonists, he said. And it's important that you speak openly. And that's what's been happening. Just like at a a synod of bishops, uh, all the bishops get a chance to speak, or at least one from every country gets a chance to speak, and they get five minutes or so. And so that's what's happening with the young people. There are young people from every single participant is going to be getting their five minutes. And then the working group, of which Emily is part, uh, we will be taking notes and drafting that final document that it's going to be presented to the holy father and that will then go to the uh, to the synod which is the organizing group for the synod of bishops in October so we are hoping that maybe at the very least next week we'll be able to get emily to tell us uh, a little bit about what that experience was like. So Emily Callan, our Salt and Light Hour news producer, is in Rome. We are not able to reach her for this program. But uh, send her a tweet. You can uh, reach her at Emmy Callen. Tell her that you're praying for her, that you're praying for the Synod, and that uh, you're so excited that she was one of the delegates chosen to be in the working group. Again, you can follow Emily Callan at Emmy Callen.
2: Hi, I'm Adam. Hi, I'm Lori, and we're Out
3: of of darkness. Darkness, and you're
2: listening to the Salt
0: and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. You can find me on Facebook. Just look for Deacon Pedro, and you can also follow me on Twitter at Deacon Pedro GM. And now it's time for What I Learned from My Kids with Jillian Cantor. Jillian, welcome back to the program.
4: Thank you so much. How are you doing? I'm
0: doing great. How are you? What have you learned from your kids this month?
4: Well, um, in exciting news, Janie is 23 months old. Okay. And she is learning tons of new words. Uh Uh-huh. And one of the new words that she has learned just in time for Lent is the word that we should not be saying in Lent. Uh Uh-oh. I'm just going to whisper it here so that it doesn't sound like I'm proclaiming it. Okay. But Janie can now say,
0: Hallelujah. Okay.
4: And Janie doesn't just Say it she proclaims it oh, very she good. sings it <laughs> and there's really no you don't know when or why it enters into her head or <laughs> there's no stopping it so the other day we're at church <laughs> it's quiet and she bellers it out like she's actually trying to sing a song and it, if she was awake right now she's napping I would have her say it because it's very funny um, the way she just stretches out the word, Alleluia! And it was starting to the point where you know, we're shushing her, like, Gee. and then and then this is really smart, I'm saying to her, Janie, you can't say that, it's lit! Like, she's <laughs> going to understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> so,
0: That's great. That's great. And so great. it's
4: distracting the people around us, and they're turning around, thankfully they're laughing, and they're not like, that little girl knows nothing about the liturgical seasons of <laughs> the church. But everyone was pretty... Um, amused by it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the thing that it reminds me of is that um, even though it is Lent and it is a time where we are supposed to be more solemn and contemplative, perhaps and making those sacrifices, it's still the reality is the victory still has been won. Like we can't forget that mm-hmm. that in our in our faith and in our church, you know, we know who comes out victorious. And in our day-to-day prayer life, uh, praise is still an important part mm-hmm. of that prayer. So while we might not want to shout out "Alleluia" <laughs> like Janie does right now, we still need to remember that He is our an awesome God, and praise and praise and worship still needs to be part of our prayer. Mm-hmm. And then, funnily enough, um, I'm going through a, a Lenten journal. It's a daily journal. Um, and devotional. And um, as Janie is proclaiming her new word, one of the writings, one of the daily readings says, um, What is it? We tend to think of this as a sober, solemn season. Indeed, the invitation to examine our lives, confess our sins, and return to God with fasting and sacrifice is a serious undertaking. But we cannot deny the undercurrent of joy that runs through the whole church year and our whole lives. We are called to be people of adoration mm-hmm. because ours is a God of goodness, love, and salvation. Mm-hmm. And so, just those two things coinciding with one another was just um, was a beautiful, um, sparkling moment mm-hmm. <laughs> in my Lent. Um, yeah, it just it really solidified that um, it is. I guess I'll back up a little bit when when we approach Lent, and I talk to my kids about it, and even just prepare for it myself. I tend to, it's all or nothing. It's not, it's like, we don't just give up pop, or we don't just give up dessert, or we don't just give up snacks. It's like, it's it's all out. We're (laughs) good, We're done. We're, We're not doing any of this. It's Lent. It's hard times. And then I'll look around, and I'll be like, when I see that person is enjoying a pop, that looks refreshing. Wait, aren't they Catholic? What are they doing? Like, I just feel like, when I see someone who's just, who's out just enjoying their normal day-to-day life, it's a bit shocking. Like, oh, what? How can they still do that? It's Lent, right? But I think it's because I don't know what I'm thinking. <laughs> I like just like I'm really embracing the mm-hmm. desert. Like, we're in the desert, yes. And poor Joseph, my oldest, he's given up his Pokemon cards for Lent, and it's proving to be very very, very hard challenging for mm-hmm. him. And I remember him uh, one day pouting and complaining and saying, Lent is so hard, I just want it to be Easter. <laughs> and as he was doing that, and, and and also just, you know, not only does he not have Pokemon cards, but I'm not allowing him a snack or dessert. So, hmm, moi, moi, Lent is really hard.
0: You're tough.
4: I know, it's really ridiculous. That's terrible. This reminder comes up that, yes, it is Lent, and yes, we're called to sacrifice, and yes, we're called to to offer these things to mm-hmm. To improve our, what? To improve our faith life, but also our relationship with others mm-hmm. um, and to grow in our our closeness with the Lord. Um, but remembering that praise and adoration and worship are also a part of that. So it can't just be doom and gloom because right. we're not, we can't as people, <laughs> that's not how we can live. It's really, it's a really difficult way to function. And I recognized that in Joseph's Yes. And
0: <laughs> in fact, it's a, it's a good, I mean, we get rid of the things that get in the way so that we can have more of a spirit of joy and adoration. Yeah, so thank yeah. God for Janie. Yes. Um, and thank God it, that's the word she learned and not other words. Yeah, and, exactly. And uh, learn a word. Yes. That's, that, one's
4: fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was fine. And it's not like we don't praise God during Easter at mass. We just don't say the word hallelujah. We still say yeah, exactly. praise to you, Lord, you know, mm-hmm. um, Thank you, thank you, and thank Janie for that.
4: uh, I will when she gets up. Important lesson. I will let her know that Deacon Pedro says thanks.
0: And maybe for our Easter program, you can record her saying "Alleluia," so we can include that. We've
4: been trying to get it, but she's um, oh, she's sneaky.
0: All right, you just have to candid camera. Anyway, thank you very much, Jillian, and uh, happy Holy Week.
4: Thank you very much. You too.
0: Jillian Cantor is the producer of the Salt and Light TV program Mothering Full of Grace, and she's the wife of David and the mother of Joseph, Henry, Annie, Clara, and Jane. Hi, this is Douglas Hutchings with Full Armor Band, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. You can listen to any portion of this program and all our programs at our website, saltandlighttv.org slash radio. And now it's time for Just for Dummies with Billy Chan. <laughs> you didn't even let me finish saying so now it's time for. I'm just so um, excited to see you. You're not. I am. I'm excited <laughs> to have to have some good questions and some quality time with Billy. Billy's so busy updating websites and whatever yeah. else that he does that this is the only time we have together.
1: No, yeah. and, and the lunch.
0: And lunch, which is where we come up with all these weird questions that you're going to ask me at lunchtime.
1: Okay, so today's question will be about Palm Sunday, because this coming Sunday will yeah. be the Palm, palm Sunday. Sunday. Yes, and uh, as everyone knows, everyone. No, I mean you know if you go to the mosque, you will get the palms and palm tree leaves. Yes, the palm leaves. Yeah, palm leaves, right? Yes. And uh, you know you hold hold it up, and you know you you follow the priest to get into the the church, you know, before the mass, yeah. and uh, the the priest will actually bless it with the holy water, right? Yes. Okay. So after everything is done, and I see a lot of people like you know playing with the palm palm leaves for the whole mass. Yeah, they are playing. You know, they are actually yeah. making a cross. Making or a making, cross, or making a crown. Making a heart. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if you yeah. see that. I have seen the heart and yeah. the crown as well. Yeah, yeah. okay.
0: So a crown of thorns. So yeah. That's,
1: that's, yeah. that's it. So basically my question is, I think everyone want, really wants to know that, but you said that it's a weird question. So the question is, what should we do after that?
0: Yeah, that's, after why, the mass. That, that's why I think it's a weird question. So <laughs> most people, I don't know. My wife is always... On me because we, we have, like, all the palms, the crosses from, like, 10 years ago. Oh, really? We still have them. And she's like, can we get rid of them? Um, how to do – so? Th- yeah, how to okay, get no, rid Okay, no, so it. your question is not what to do after. Yeah. You, I think you take them home. Yes. And maybe you can you can have – if you have a little altar at okay. home, you can, you, it can be part of your altar. Or if you have a table, a centerpiece oh. in your table, that can be part of your Easter centerpiece. I put
1: it, uh, you know, with a magnet on my fridge.
0: You, well you can because do that. Because just look nice. My mother would hang them. I think she actually hung it on the hung it on the door. Yes, that's my grandma do. On the on the outside. Yes, yes. So so maybe that's a cultural thing. Now uh, You don't have to keep it forever.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, finally. No,
0: you don't have to keep it forever, (laughs) but it is blessed. Okay, yes. What should we do? So you can't... Well, you shouldn't throw it out. Okay. You mean you
1: shouldn't throw it out with the garbage?
0: No, because it's blessed. Okay. So a blessed item should not be thrown out. It should be... Uh, because it's a palm, it can be burned, so you can okay. put it in a fireplace or have a little bonfire outside. I live some, in a condo. How can, can I have a... <laughs> roast some marshmallows and, and, have, and burn the ashes? Oh, from. with the palm. Maybe it very tastes good. Huh? Um, or you can bury it. Any blessed item ah. can, that you need to dispose of, you can also bury it. Okay. Um, now, because it's a palm, I know some parishes might even actually... A, a, allow parishioners to bring them back the next year and then they burn because the ashes oh, become the ashes because the ashes that are used on, on, on Palms on oh. on Wednesday, on Ash Wednesday, are actually made with the palms Palm that were burned, presumably from the year before. Oh. So, but my parish doesn't do it, and I actually have never been to a parish that says bring your palms back. Okay. But obviously, they must come from somewhere. So, basically,
1: you mean all everything that has been blasted, we cannot. You you shouldn't
0: throw it away. So
1: we should actually use the same way to do it, right? Either you burn it or you bury it?
0: Yeah. Now, most items that are blessed, you're not going to burn if it's a rosary, if it's a medal, if it's a a statue. Okay. um, Those items that are blessed, you should just give them to someone else. Okay. Or if you absolutely – I mean, if you have –
1: so a broken rosary.
0: If you have a broken rosary, mm-hmm. or a, yeah, you can bury it. Okay. That's the proper way How to dispose, dispose it. How about Bible? Uh, uh, same thing. Um, although Bibles are not blessed, mm-hmm. usually. Yeah, mine, mine didn't get bad. Um, um, so you could recycle it. Oh, okay. Put it in okay. the recycling bin. Oh, okay. Um, if it is blessed, I mean, absolutely, if you can donate it to a library or pass it on to someone who doesn't have a Bible. But like I have a Bible that's totally falling apart. I'm going to keep it until it just falls apart. <laughs> It'll be my grandchildren trying to dispose of this Bible.
1: And they will just throw they, it away. They, it's not blessed. Yeah, okay, okay. It's not so blessed. it's fine.
0: It, you can recycle it. And it's the prayer like card book. is the same, same thing, Same with right? the prayer card. Most prayer cards are not blessed. I would say, um, so you can. What you do is you every time you're donating books to the library, you, you put all the prayer cards inside, <laughs> and then you donate the books to the library.
1: And the next person will get it, and, and then, we'll yeah, pray. I, it. I don't know. Okay, um, you, it's
0: okay to recycle prayer cards. Okay, okay, that's good. It is okay.
1: How, okay, so the next next one will be a Eucharist.
0: You cannot recycle. I a, cannot e- recycle <laughs> Eucharist. Or burn it.
1: For example, if and and, and Eucharist is foul. F- 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 fell down f- on the ground yeah okay
0: so what should we do well no, well if it falls down on the ground which which happens at mass sometimes yeah yeah I saw usually that before. usually the the eucharistic minister mm-hmm. out of out of uh, just to make things easier it's it's the eucharistic minister that should consume it mhm and then you give the parishioner a new hose. Okay. But you can consume it. I mean, it's not like the floor is that dirty that you can't consume it. How about outdoor mass? So sometimes... If it fell... Mm-hmm. Same. If it fell on the grass, okay. I would consume it. Okay. If it fell like in a puddle of mud, then technically, like if it fell in water... Technically, it would dissolve in the water, so it's no longer the, 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 the qualities of that make it a host that allow for the consecration to, to be valid are I no see. longer in place, So, which is how you would dispose of a host, is that you would put it in a little glass of water and just have it dissolve, and then it's no longer a host, and then it's okay to just uh, pour that water on your favorite flower, and then you'll have nice flowers.
1: Okay. Thank you. That's all my. Is it weird? There you go. No, those were actually very good questions.
0: Billy Chan, always with great questions for dummies and for smarties. (laughs) Thank you, Billy. Billy, Thank you. Billy Chan is our resident dummy, (laughs) and also the webmaster here at SaltonLightTV.org. You can follow him and send him all the questions that you have at BJoChan. Coming up in our second half hour, a featured chat with Father Mike Schmitz about the church and same-sex attractions, and we reconnect with Adam and Lori Eubowski of the band Out of Darkness, so stay tuned. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. There's so much talk nowadays, it seems, about the church and same-sex attractions, and there's so much confusion about what the church teaches, what's the teaching on same-sex marriage, for example. Well, Father Mike Schmitz has a new book, Made for Love, that addresses these questions, but from a a whole different perspective. What is love? What is the nature of human beings? What is the nature of sexuality and marriage? To learn a bit more, I'm very happy to have Father Mike Schmitz on the program with us today. Father Mike, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Thanks, Anthony, good I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, I, I don't know if if it's ever the right time or it's it's always the right time, but why is this, do you think, the right time for this book?
5: Yeah, no, that's a great question. I, I had um, I, actually years ago. Well, no, I mean I you can I can go back even even further to like why um, I. Uh, wrote this, why I've been thinking about this, is I remember growing up, um, maybe in high school, I know yeah. for sure in college, having that sense of like, man, I think that there are some people in my life who this touches their life. I mean, that they mm-hmm. experience same-sex attraction, and I remember thinking, I don't know what to say. Like, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't have, I, I don't know how to explain what the Church teaches, and yeah. I don't really know um, how to, like, interiorize this. I don't know how to, you know, uh, express this. And so that was always kind of this burning passion of of mine, just kind of seeing a, that sense of the people that I care about.
6: Mm-hmm. What would I even
5: say? And then when I got ordained, you know, years later after that, I got ordained, and and I started working in youth ministry and started working in campus ministry. And and one of the things, then one of the consistent things that I found was we had these youth who had encountered Jesus and they like knew the truth of Christ. They knew the truth of the church. It was just this like really powerful conversion. But then it seemed like when they hit this issue, um, whether it was their personal issue uh they they themselves experienced same sex attraction or if it was, you know, uh just a cultural issue or if it was a friend of theirs, mm-hmm. it almost like that that was the moment. That was the you know, pull the shoot right. and like I'm out. And yeah. I just Yeah so many of our like incredible youth who otherwise had a ton of faith. Yeah. And so then I was like, man, I, I, we have to say something, I have to do something about this. And so that led me to give a talk at a thing called Lifeline uh, Net Ministries,
6: mm-hmm, yeah. National
5: Evangelization Team, yeah, yes. both in America, in the United States and Canada, yeah. and Australia, and yes, Ireland. And um, yes. they, they, uh, they have a thing called Lifeline, where they have about, I don't know, 1,500, 2,000 high school students that come to an event on Saturday nights. Mm-hmm. And the organizer, Joe Rouchet he said, hey, what do you want to talk about this one particular year? And I said, man, I, it's this. This is what I, what I found. And so... That talk was made into a, like a CD by like right. Catholic Media, and then they followed up and said uh, with Ignatius Press, "Would you write a book about this mm-hmm. talk?" And I said no a couple times because <laughs> I don't know how to write a book, <laughs> and um, and they said no, it's really easy, <laughs> liars. And uh, <laughs> so that you know set me about a couple years of just like really digging even more deeply into this, right? And because I because I think this is probably the top one of the top four. Uh, issues uh, that that young people identify as this is yeah. why I had to leave the church yeah yeah when I, and they yeah. don't and that's things and yes. they
0: don't yes and I appreciate that you say that because that is exactly my own experience that mm-hmm. we're all touched by you know by someone who or we all know someone who's touched by this and we don't know how to speak to them with love and charity but with truth and so so I would say then that my next question would be that, that the fact that you wanted to be able to have those conversations by sh- sharing the truth, but with love, and, and that's what forced you to take this approach rather than a yeah, more re- dogmatic approach?
5: Yeah, it really has. I mean, because I think that, um, and you said you were, you had read the book earlier before the, we, we started recording, and, yeah. I, and I, so I appreciate that. But, uh, but I would say that you probably noticed that it is, um, hopefully you noticed, that my attitude or my approach is less of this is an issue to talk about and more of like, no, no, this is real people's lives. Yes. Um, Yes. And I think that sometimes that at least the men and women I, I speak with who do experience same sex attraction, there's this kind of, uh, that kind of sense of like, I'm tired of people treating this like it's a topic or an issue. Like this is my life. Mm -hmm. And for me, it is always been that. It's always been um, people that I know. Uh, people that are right. in my life, people that I love. and um and so that's that's why. but at the same time, I, we we have this thing called truth. We have this you know reality. And so it's how do we uh, bring the people we love and the truth that we're made for um, together? and uh, and so that's why I think yeah. one of the one of the reasons why it, hopefully in the book at least preserves um, it doesn't ever become like super antagonistic or it doesn't become, uh, condemn, condemning yeah. but it hopefully also is like a calling higher because um yeah I just it's the title says that that that, mm-hmm. that every human being is made for love and um not just love human love but yes. also for the, the the love ultimate love of God.
0: And not just that sexual love, yeah, that we yeah. all feel oh, yeah. like I'm entitled to be loved a certain way or to marriage, whatever that means. So, and and you, I think you're 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 very right that this book feels like it's a loving approach, the kind of right. approach that I want to have with, you know, my nephew or whoever when he comes and tells me I think I'm not interested in girls or whatever. And right. then how do I have that conversation so that he doesn't feel, like, like he's disordered because right. because the church uses words like that. Um, how, maybe that this is a good place to end then, because uh, I do want people to get the book Made for Love. Um, How, how can we, our listeners, uh, speak to those we love who deal with uh, or struggle with same gender attractions or, or who have loved ones who do like, what would be
5: the right approach? Yeah, no, I, I think the, the, one of the first steps that um, I really like, and it seems like it one of the more respectful, I think it's, well, here's what I say, is that uh, the church's teaching when it comes to sexuality is for everybody. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, and and at the same time, every single one of us uh, in the church, outside the church, we all experience a wound. Um, We don't all experience the exact same wound, but every one of us experiences a wound when it comes to our sexuality, when it comes to our attractions, and when it comes to our experiences. And so when, when we look at it from that lens, we realize, oh my gosh, this isn't about them and then about us. Mm-hmm. It's it's not like, well, those people who, here's how you talk to those people out there who, you know, fill in the blank. It, this is like, no, no, this is us. This is, um, we're all in this. We all experience this. Uh, we experience it in different directions and different degrees, but at the same time, like, this is the human experience. Mm-hmm. And so I think when we drop the language of, like, you know, those people are them and then us and if in favor of the language that says, no, no, this is actually all about us. Um, that, that's a good first step, because yeah. then I get to listen to someone and, and they know that I'm, I'm treating them as a brother or as a sister. Um, that's how I see them first, as a brother or a sister, as opposed to they're a project, yes. they're, you know, even worse, an enemy. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and just like, no, this is uh, this is us. And so let's let's talk about this as the family
0: hmm. And I was they very important. Yeah. Thank you. I was very moved also by the fact that you say that, you know, all the people say that, you know, same gender attracted people or however they want to be called or however we want to call them um, belong in the church. But not only do they belo- sorry, that they are welcomed in the church, but but that's not it. It's not that they're yeah. welcome. They belong in the church. Um, yeah. And we need to somehow figure out a way. We, the church, need to figure out a way to 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 kind of bring that across.
5: Yeah, and that's a big, and there's a huge difference between saying like, you know, hey, you're welcome if you want, yeah. versus like, no, 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 no. We you belong here. Yeah. <laughs> you're invited, but you're wanted here. And, um, and, and and even that is so important, because a lot of times people, our experience uh, is, okay, every one of us being invited into the church, like mm-hmm. really desired and wanted, and at the same time, every one of us, as we're invited uh, to the Lord, as we're invited to uh, belong to him and belong to the family um we're all called to convert in some way right yeah, we're all absolutely. called to say no to ourselves and and ultimately we're all called to submit to the lordship of Jesus and mm-hmm. that like at the core of everything is going to be this because every one of us has some kind of lord and i mean by what i mean by that yeah is we have something that defines everything else in our life yeah and and when it comes to the christian that what we're called to do is say okay it's his lordship that then defines everything else in my life. So someone is, you know, uh, driven to make money, or someone is really, really all about a power success. Um, you'd say, okay, now they can say that's the defining thing, and then my following Jesus gets defined by that. Yeah. And so of course Christ would want me to, you know, uh, be successful and be right. wealthy. Of course. Um, but as opposed to the opposite, which is, you know, Jesus defines me, and now he defines how I live my business, or he defines how I mm-hmm. pursue success, or what I do with my money. And right. the same thing is true when it comes to our sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, that sense of, like, we're, always, we're all uh, called to some kind of conversion because we've submitted our lives to the lordship of Jesus.
0: Amen. That's a great place to end. And that's where we're going to leave it. Father Mike, great talking to you. Thank you for writing great the book. You. Thank you for all the work that you do. I mean, um, you're you're a busy guy. So keep at it and uh Thank you. stay in touch. Father Michael Schmitz is the director of the Newman Center at the University of Minnesota, Duluth, and director of the Youth and Young Adult Ministry for that diocese. Father Mike is known nationally for his inspiring podcast, his presentations and talks. Just look for the Father Mike Schmitz podcast. His latest book, Made for Love, is published by Ignatius Press. Here now is our featured band of the week, Out of Darkness, with Living Bread from their new album, Where You Are. That was Out of Darkness with Living Bread from their new album, Where You Are. Out of Darkness is comprised of husband and wife, Adam and Lori Ubowski. They were first on this program in May 2014. Doesn't seem like it was that long ago. But at the time, they were both directors of music ministry at two parishes in the Diocese of Pensacola, Tallahassee in Florida. They released their first album in 2010, and their second album, Stronghold, was released in 2013. And now, even though they're busy parents um, and music ministers, they have released their third album, which we've been listening to, Where You Are, which was a result of a crowdfunding campaign. And I'm very happy to welcome Lori and Adam Yubowski of Out of Darkness back to the Salt and Light Hour. Welcome, you guys.
3: Hi, thank right, you. Then, yeah, thank you so much. Great to be back. Can't believe it was that long. I ago. know.
0: Eh? I <laughs> thought it was like last year, well, two years ago, yeah. or so like four years ago. Um, tell me about this album. So, what, what, uh, I know it was crowdfunded, so you can tell me a little bit about that, but what's different about this album for you guys?
3: Yeah, well, there, I think there's a lot that's different about this album. I think the maturity that comes with a third project. Mm-hmm. And um, and as we've done with each of our projects, we used a different producer. And the direction we went with this one just gave us an opportunity to really kind of explore more of what we would do in a live setting, say, with adoration or just um, some of that deeper worship. Right. So it, it really gave us a chance to um, explore some, some different, I guess, different types of music this time.
0: Right. Is it your sense that most of these songs are to be used in a setting like adoration?
2: Yeah, that that was really kind of, um, you know, when we when we started this project and, and our producer had heard us play one time that we just kind of, you know, focused on a, a little bit more intimate feel, I guess is, is a good word to, to put it. Um, yeah. Because yeah. we, we just really wanted to be able to create that... Uh, that sense of just, you know, intimacy and just relationship, you know, with, with the music as well as, you know, just obviously what, what the music should be pointing
0: to. So. Right. No, that's true. And, and you do get that sense from listening to it. Do you, I think I might have asked you this four years ago, but so when you're working together, I mean, your husband and wife, you're, had you been working on this music? Did you think it was going to be an album or did you just have these songs that you thought, hey, this kind of works together? How do you put together an album?
3: Well, so for this one, we um, we kind of had the vision before we had the music. Uh-huh. We had a an opportunity to co-write with Sarah Hart, who's a wonderful, right, amazing yes. musician. Yeah. And she we kind of brought our intentions to her, like where we wanted to go, what kind of songs we wanted to come forth from this. And mm-hmm. um, it was a beautiful time to write with her, and, and, and a lot came out of that. And then, but the other part to that is there are a few songs on the project that we would do live and people would say, Hey, do you have that recorded? And right. we would have to say, no, we don't, but they kind of wanted to bring a piece of that home with them. And so it was an opportunity for us to do a few more covers mm-hmm. um, of those songs that people really connected with, uh, you know, when we were doing things live.
0: Right, right. That's right. Cause there's a few um, that are covers. One of them is set a fire. Um, yes. By Will Regan. Uh, Will, I don't know the guy's last name. Is it Will Regan? Yeah, but, that's great um, correct. Yeah, that's correct. um yeah. tell me about that why why that song
3: oh yeah I'm gonna dominate conversation here by telling, <laughs> I'm talking about this
2: just um, completely normal <laughs>
3: <laughs> that is a true statement <laughs> um, this became one quickly one of our favorite songs on the project um, there's a, a nearby Catholic school in our diocese that we've been doing their Catholic schools week concert for about five or six years probably yeah and we would use set a fire um for a couple of years, we used it, and they just sang it so beautifully. And we really became inspired to capture that beautiful angelic sound um, in a song, and, and in a recording. And so, set a fire became the clear choice. And we we uh, had our producer come down to Florida. Um, he brought his gear. We went to that Catholic school and had them record, and then another Catholic school nearby that we also do Catholic Schools Week um, events for, and then um, the children and the teens at our own parish who sing with us regularly. So there's close to 500 voices, um, young voices, on that track. Wow. And we just try to warn people, there's a disclaimer, like, just have your Kleenex ready because... It's just
0: yeah, beautiful. You're right. It's, it's true. Just, it, yeah. I didn't, it, uh, it's amazing. 500. Cause I, uh, he, he, listening to it, I thought, I mean, not that it's a bad rendition of the song, but that is by far the best part of the song is the ending mm-hmm, when you have all these. Definitely. And I was going to ask you, well, where did those kids come from? That's, that's amazing. What a great experience. Yeah. What a great, it really was. Yeah. It really was. For so. sure. Um. Um. I, so you worked with Sarah Hart on some of the songs. You had an idea of what the album was going to be like. Um why the title Where You Are there's this there's a scripture passage that you've inscribed on in the and the on the inside of the of the of, the, of yeah. the cover. Um tell me about that and what's the connection with the paralytic?
2: Um, well, just just briefly, um, I'll, I'll I'll put my two cents, and then Laurie will embellish. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but you know, kind of with with that intimacy feel we were going for, and um, you know, it's kind of a stealth adoration album. We just really wanted to um, people to just be able to meet Jesus where we are, where He is, where you are, uh-huh. um, and just you know, just you know, just take the time, find the time, wherever you are, just let that be your moment with God, just wherever you are. Uh-huh. And the, uh, the gospel passage was just such a um, you know, a tie-in for that for us.
3: Yeah, it right. kind of had that double meaning of, um, and the story of the paralytic tied in so well and really just inspired that, that, that like the length that he went through and his friends went through to bring him mm-hmm. before the feet of Christ. I mean, just fighting the crowds. I mean, breaking open a roof, lowering him in, um, enduring the, the kind of weird looks and the just the, the trials to get there, just the lengths that he went to to be in, in Christ's presence and just kind of encouraging not only ourselves, but those who would hear this music to do the same thing, to just really fight for that time to be, um, to spend time with the Lord. Yeah. So that's. Kind of that second meaning to that, too.
0: yeah, yeah, of course, of course. There's the, the where you where you where we are and where Christ is, too. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I can't let you go, Lori, without asking you about this new project that you're working on, which is a book.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. So, super excited to be teaming up with our oldest child, um, our daughter Ava. She's oh. gonna be 12 soon, okay, and um, we are working with Ave Maria Press to publish a Catholic mother-daughter journal. Okay. And, um, hmm. and this is going to be available for pre-order in just a few weeks. And, um, we're so excited.
0: <laughs> so what, how does that work? It's a mother-daughter journal. You're both writing, but what's the sort of format? How does it work?
3: Yeah, that's a good question. Cause people have asked us, how are you writing a journal? Don't other people write in a journal? And <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> but, um, what we've done is we've crafted um, 15 different sections in this journal that focus on uh, a different virtue or a different way to build relationship between mothers and daughters, and yeah. each section spotlights a saint or, um, or a person in the Bible and just kind of uses their example as a way to kind of form this discussion between mothers and daughters right. um, to build that bond and that relationship, and also just to really um, focus on areas of our life um,
0: spiritually that need attention Hmm. as mothers and daughters. That's neat. (laughs) Let's see. You can tell that I have, have like 10, 10 questions to ask, but maybe I'll just (laughs) ask the one. So you're used to working with your husband on writing music and doing music. And Mm -hmm. now you're working with your daughter on writing a book. Mm -hmm. What's that experience like? You're, 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 Um, I'm sure 12 year old going on 25.
3: Pretty much. That that's a great way to describe Ava. She's she's super smart and um, and I think really grown up. But it's yeah. it's been a lot of fun. We we've cracked ourselves up. We've you know brainstormed ideas and look at each other and we're like, now that's just not a good idea. And
6: <laughs> yeah, it's,
3: just, it's been a chance to be very real um, with her and with each other. And um, I'm just so proud of her and, mm-hmm. and the work that she's put into it. Um, it's been really neat for our
0: relationship. That's great. What a, what a great uh, experience for a daughter to have that time with her mom. Um, mm-hmm. um, so th- th- we, you don't have a title yet, I'm assuming, but information will be out. People can get it on your social media, also at your website, outofdarknessmusic.com. There's going to be information about this mom-daughter book yep. that's coming out, um, and I'm sure through Ave Maria Press as well. Um,
6: mm-hmm.
0: uh, that's all the time we have, guys, but I love the new album. I love the music, as always. Um, I, I, trust that our listeners have also been enjoying listening to the three tracks that we heard, what well, we've heard two, and we're going to end the program with another track. So thank you for, for what you do and, and, uh, keep doing it. And hopefully our paths will cross one day.
3: Yes, definitely. Thank you so much for all you do as well and for having us. We appreciate it.
0: You're very welcome. Thank you. Have a great day. Out of Darkness are Adam and Lori Yubowski. You can learn more about them, out of, Dar- out of Darkness, book them for an event or buy their music or find out about the new book that Lori is writing with her daughter Ava at their website, outofdarknessmusic.com. And here now is Out of Darkness with the title track of their new album, Where You Are. listening to Out of Darkness with Where You Are from their new album of the same name.
1: You can find out how to get Where You Are and how to get Out of Darkness and all our guests at our website, saltandlighttv.org
0: radio. And that's also where you can listen to all these interviews again if you missed any part or also to just to listen to all our Salt and Light Hour programs at any time. And
1: to make it really easy, the Salt and Light Hour is also available as a free podcast of iTunes just search for it on your iTunes store.
0: Remember to reach out to us at Salt and Light TV. Also, I'm at Deacon Pedro GM and Emily is at Emmy Callan. I am at B. Joe Chan. Please write to us. Thanks for being with us. I am Billy Chan. And I'm Deacon Pedro. And this has been The, the Salt and Night Light Hour.
1: Hour.